I'm Mary Lyons, the Wealth Woman. I'm Eric Alexander with Acorn Grove. Welcome to the Wealth and Income Podcast. Uh, you know, the initials for Wealth and Income Podcast spell whip, which I think we've talked about before. And today we are going to talk about something that is a bit of a whip. Um, today, what we're going to talk about is uh, making smart choices when you are making exploratory investments. And the impetus for some of this is in the past couple of days, I've had conversations with um, multiple people who at some point in their life, uh, either recently or some time ago, uh, invested in uh, opportunities that turned out to be Ponzi schemes. And I think that this is definitely a fear for a lot of investors. And so, you know, some of the things that you can do to protect yourself from that, not not necessarily fail safes. I mean, it, it even very experienced investors fall victim to bad choices at different points in time. But I think really having a conversation about what to look for internally about your motivations and then things that you can pay attention to externally might be helpful in a situation um, where you are moving into an investment that is not being offered by a large broker dealer that has done a very thorough due diligence process. So these right. would be like if you're considering a private placement or um, something that is direct with another person as opposed to someone who is regulated at a super high level. And, and even, even with groups that are super regulated, I'm going to go back to, um, you know, even Bernie Madoff, yeah, who was extremely well known and managing a very large sum of money. Um things can still go south. So I think just having a, a gut check about what's really happening and putting some parameters and rules in place for yourself could be really beneficial in terms of not only helping you avoid situations like this, but if somehow you still manage to get yourself into a bad situation like this, minimizing the fallout. Yeah. And I think it goes back to this idea that we've talked about a number of times, this idea of corn explorer. And mm -hmm. a lot of times, you know, one of the things that we talked about a long time ago is how do you know if I, if it's an exploratory thing or a core thing? And one of the things that I always kind of think through is if there's any element of FOMO in what you're looking at, it might be an indicator that it's an exploratory thing. And FOMO means fear of missing out. And I think a lot of the Ponzi scheme type stuff are the things that seem like we got to jump on this fast because we've got a limited time opportunity that to me, that's a, an immediate red flag of like, wait, pause for just a second and make sure you're thinking through it. Yeah. Well, and I want to talk a little bit about this, uh, this idea of FOMO and the urgency piece that you just mentioned, because what I can say is, especially over the past year, um, having a lot of conversations with, um, with, with new people that we haven't met before, right? People that are considering um, hiring us for consulting or taking our classes or, you know, going through those things and the conversations that we're having in office hours. And, um, you know, the thing that is interesting to me is that right now, more than ever, there is a feeling of I have to do everything and I have to do it right now. Yep. Um, I can't just buy one rental property and see how it goes. I need to buy five or six at a time. I can't just flip one house. I need to flip five or six at a time. Um, I can't just deploy a little bit of my capital into this private placement investment, but I need to do all of it right now. And so it, it the thing that is interesting to me is that when we get into this place of urgency, I think it is generally motivated by a feeling of scarcity. 
And that's what FOMO is about. I'm afraid I'm going to miss something that is going to yeah. change the trajectory of my life. And in, in my experience as an investor, I'm not going to say it doesn't happen because there are certainly investments that can change the trajectory of your life, but most investments don't. Um, and right. so I think that it makes sense when you find yourself in that space of, I need to do it and do it right now. Um, the question that, because it makes a lot more sense to be methodical. I mean, we, we've all read at some point Aesop's fable, the one about the tortoise and the hare yeah. and who wins the race. Right. And even though we know in principle that slow, methodical, deliberate is going to move us further along over the course of our lifetime, we get sort of sidetracked by these opportunities that we think are going to allow us to skip the line and jump ahead in some sort of manner. And and I think that's very dangerous. And it's, um, you know, the there's always going to be another deal. And I, I, I'm going to underline that and say it again. There is always going to be, there will always be another deal. Well, and so there's- But that's the fear is that if I don't grab this one, this is the last bus out of town. If I don't grab this bus, there's not another bus, right? And And I think the other component that drives a lot of this is actually the economy. Mm -hmm. and where we are from a standpoint of savings. Like if you think through from a FOMO thing and, and yeah. from what we got to catch the deal, I think two things make it worse. I've not saved enough. I'm behind. I need to catch up because that's, mm -hmm. that's not just FOMO. That's fear of losing out the FOLO piece of it. Yeah. Uh, man, I am, I'm a hundred K behind. I'm a million behind whatever the, whatever your behind is in your head. I got to catch up. I got to catch up. Right. And I need a big hit. Papa needs a brand new pair of shoes here. We got to make this go. Yeah. But the other component is, and I think when the market, and I'm thinking about the, some of the real estate stuff that we've seen, when the market gets wonky and it gets choppy, we're not sure what it's going to do. And it seems like it's sh on shaky ground. We go, man, we, we need something that's a sure bet. And so I'm going to go, man, real, they're not making any more land. They're not making any more real estate. All the big people that went in the, in the world by real estate, let's go all in on that. I'm like, dude. You're you're looking for a place to go when things are shaky, and it's the same mentality as the last bus out of town. If I don't do right. it now, it's all going to go to hell. I'm going to call out some of your language here because I think this is so key. You said it's a sure bet, right. and and way you tell said ourselves. almost made me think of like an addict, right? Like it, yeah. it's it's both gambling and an addiction. I need the I need the hit, right? I need it to to do what I need it to do. And, and that because creates- Because we feel out of control. And that's what we're looking for, stability. Right, but we're making choices that actually maybe throw us into less stability by doing that. I had a conversation, uh, I don't know, probably a couple of months ago with somebody that was considering um, like investing in a syndicated uh, real estate deal. Oh, yeah. And she sent me all the documents to look at and I kind of did a deep dive into it. And I came back with a whole bunch of questions um, that then she kind of took and began to look at. And one of the things that I asked her is what can you actually afford to lose mm -hmm. right now? If you look at your current trajectory, how much money can you afford to lose? And her answer was nothing. I can't afford to lose anything. And I said, well, isn't that interesting then that you're considering putting money into something where you could potentially take a loss? And so, you know, I, I think that there is sort of this mentality of when you don't have a lot of money, you have to take a lot of risks so that you can get ahead. 
And then when you have a lot of money, then you become more conservative. And I have found in my life that it actually works better in the opposite. I need to be very conservative, right? To your point with my core plan. And, And I'm not saying don't shoot for return, but I'm saying like, you know, base hits as opposed to trying to swing for the fences and striking out, like really being deliberate about that core plan. And then when I know I'm on the right track and I'm headed to my expectations, then I can identify I am willing to lose X amount of money. That is the money I'm going to take a flyer on a deal in the hope that it actually works out. And, And I think that people don't pay attention to that. They just think if this works out, I'm going to be in great shape as opposed to looking at if this goes wrong, what does that really mean for me? Well, and I remember whenever we were doing options trading and option, we never did options trading compliance. Whenever options training, because consonants make a difference. When we were doing options (laughs) training, one of the things that we were looking at is, and one of the sort of the the rules of thumb is never risk more than 2% of your portfolio on any one options deal. And so that you've, if you're going to do options, great to go options, go do options, but don't have 30% 30% of your portfolio in one option. And if it goes the wrong way and options can go the wrong way very, very fast, then yeah. you're stuck because you're making emotional decisions with that amount of money, right? You're not right. making rational, logical decisions. Um, and I think it, whether it's 2% or 5% or 10 or whatever that number is for for that, that client, make sure that the bets that you're making, even if you're making a lot of multiple big moonshot home run type deals spread out those deals so that if five of them don't hit and five of them do or whatever that ratio looks like, you're still okay. But don't bet well, and, everything on that one. And and I think even to that point of like the timing of doing this, right? How you're talking about spreading them out, that feeling of I have to do it all and I have to do it all right now. I think every right. investor feels that at some point in time. I know there have been times in my life where I have been like, I'm going to deploy everything I have and get it going. Um, And what I find is even when all of those things are working out and working in the right direction, the amount of stress that you take on to manage all of that is huge. And, um, and I've had multiple conversations to that point in the past couple of weeks too, where people who have done, you know, multiple properties, multiple private equity deals, multiple, whatever it may be, and kind of taken their liquidity down and then added extra work to their plate because most most investments, not all, but most investments are not truly passive um, in that space is that they've all said, I wish I hadn't done so much at once. And it's hard to tell yourself at the beginning of that, if you haven't actually been through it, but most investors I know that have been through that are like, okay, I'm going to do fewer deals throughout the year, whatever it may be. Or I maybe just want to be on autopilot for a little while because I, I just want my plan to keep going because I need a break from dealing with all this stuff. And so I think, again, it goes back to be the tortoise, not the hare. And this is where I think efficiency yep. is more important than just taking big leaps. And and that's where so the right. It's it so is. Boring. But you know what? But you know what? Like boring is good. I, I know. I'm going to I'm going to say something that my mom said to me uh, when I was growing up. She said to me, Mary, you're going to have a really hard time being married. 
because you like the big grand gestures, right? You want the really intense connection and you want, you know, all the, all the things you get in romance movies. And she's like, uh, marriage isn't like that. Marriage is just boring day to day. Like you don't want a lot of drama in your marriage. You want just steady and, and predictable. And she's like, I think you're going to struggle with that. But I think I, I'm, I'm very grateful to her for saying that because it's sort of set my expectation for what's healthy. Yep. And I think in the world of investing, that's kind of what you want, right? And I'm going to be very clear. I am not saying Mike is boring because God knows that it, that would be the polar opposite of the truth. Like that boy is spicy and keeps things very interesting, but but he's predictable. I know what I'm getting, right? And I think he would say the same about me. Um, Even if what you're getting is a poop show, as long as you know that it's a poop show, then you're, you know, your expectations. <laughs> but, are but at least you're prepared for it, right? <laughs> but I think it's the same with investing. You you don't want those crazy highs and crazy lows. You want steady progress in the right direction. Well, because at the end of the day, and I'm going to go back to this conversation that we've had a hundred million times. Right. My day job is to do my day job and to be in my zone of genius. If I'm taking my eye off the thing that I should be focusing on, running a business, being a good husband, father, brother, sister, whatever it is, and I'm spending all of my time worrying about, is this thing going to go right? Is this thing going to go right? Like I am splitting energy in a way that I don't need to split it. And that's to me where the core and explore piece comes in is if I know that I've got that set up and it's working and it's doing its thing and it's efficient, I get to focus all my energy where it needs to be focused. And if there's deals right. that come up or opportunities that come up and you've built the core, then fine, go take a flyer, but take- And you're as, prepared. You're, you're prepared, prepared to take them, right? And take as many as you can functionally handle stress-wise that doesn't take your eye off the main ball. And when I, I think even, I think that's a perfect point. And I wanna add one more, which is if you do decide to move forward, I think it's important to manage for the downside yes. um, as opposed to just looking at the upside because there have been multiple times where the upside looks amazing, but when you get into how the contract is written, if there are problems, you're host, you know, or you, you look at, um, okay, if things go really south, what is my exit? How much of my money can get back? Can I get back? How liquid is it? Um, how easy is it for me to trade out of something? Um, you know, I, I think this is where anytime you're going to do a deal that is not vetted by a broker dealer or, or something of that nature, I think you need to have an attorney review the contract and you need to specifically ask the attorney, what does this contract mean when things go south? where could I get into trouble the way that this contract is written? And I'll give you an example of one that I looked at. I looked at a contract um, and I don't remember the details of the investment, but I do remember why I chose not to do it because it said that if this group was sued for any reason that they could do a cash call from the investors. And um, it did not specify that it was um, if they got sued on this deal. Right. But oh. anytime that they can do a cash call so that the investors have to pay legal bills and it could be for something in their personal life, right? Or something completely unrelated. I was like, that seems like a lot. 
lot of exposure, I'm going to pass. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to write that check. And and right. if you could, if there was going to be a call, is it limited? Right. Okay. Well, right. You, you might come after me for another hundred dollars. Okay, fine. I'll, I'll take that risk because it's bounded. It's, it's limited risk. Right. So well, and if you had a non-performing partner, can you kick him out? Right. I mean, I remember talking to a friend of mine who did a real estate deal and, um, you could get rid of the general partner with a unanimous vote, but the general partner was one of the votes. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I'm going to vote my, I don't think I'm going to vote myself out today. Yeah. And that particular deal, whether he was performing or non-performing, he could continue to draw salary from the money that was raised. So in a situation like that, you can see how somebody could potentially abuse that. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'll be in and the, have I'll it not be. Right. And so, you know, one of the questions that I, always ask when I'm looking at my own stuff is, um, have you had a deal go badly before? And if the answer is no, that in and of itself is a red flag to me because not all deals go smoothly every single time. And if you haven't had to deal with adversity and you're managing investments, I'm very concerned about what's going to happen if something does go wrong. So I want to know, have you had a deal that has gone poorly or not the way you expected? And can I speak to the investors who were in that deal, because I want to know how they felt about the way whoever's managing it handled it. And, and an example of that, I had a deal recently um, not go as well as I expected it to in the real estate sector, because with interest rates moving the way they did, the timing just hit exactly incorrectly for sale. But there was an easy pivot because they'd been through situations, not exactly like this, but where things went wrong before. Right. And I actually stand to make more money because of the pivot now than what would have been possible. And so, you know, if someone called and said, hey, Mary, can you talk to me about when this particular, you know, group did something and it didn't go as planned? I, I would have very positive things to say about how it was handled. Right. Um, and I think those that's important, right? No matter what you're doing, maybe it's hiring a builder or a contractor to flip a house. Well, you want to talk to people about situations where it didn't go as well as the contractor expected, because you want to know how they handle conflict and how they behave when things are right. not going well. That's awesome. Well, in with that, where can they find you, Miss Mary? Yeah. If you are looking for me, you can find me at The Wealth Woman. And if you have other tips or tricks or anything like that, that uh, you think would be good for people to know about questions to ask or things to avoid, we'd love to hear them. So feel yeah. free to DM us. Eric, where can they find you? Yeah. Economics with Eric, wherever you social media. All right. You guys have a great holiday and we will be back soon. See you soon. Specific financial concepts and advanced strategies are presented to you for educational purposes only. We cannot and do not guarantee their applicability to your individual circumstance. We encourage you to seek personalized advice from qualified professionals on all financial matters. Provided content is for overview and is not intended and should not be relied upon as individualized tax, legal, fiduciary, or investment advice. Neither Wealth Woman, Acorn Grove, or the Wealth and Income Podcast, nor their representatives provide tax or legal advice. For answers to specific questions and before making any decision, please consult a qualified attorney or tax advisors. All numeric examples and any individual shown are hypothetical and were used for explanatory purposes only. Actual results may vary. Investing involves risk, which includes potential loss of principal. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing insurance company. 
Life insurance should be purchased by individuals that have a need to provide a death benefit to protect others with insurable interests in their lives against financial loss. Life insurance is not a retirement plan, investment, or savings account. Not affiliated with or endorsed by the Social Security Administration, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, or any governmental agency. Insurance and investment products, not a deposit, not FDIC or NCUA insured, not insured by any federal government agency, not guaranteed by any bank or credit union, may lose value. Please visit the Wealth Woman website disclosure page for other important disclosures.